For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Greetings, Braves Country. This is Off Leo's Rocker, the podcast of TomahawkDick.com. I'm Alan Carpenter, and I'm joined by senior writer Fred Owens. Say hi, hi Fred. There. Hi, hey, there. <laughs> and we're going to jump right in with a discussion of the last week of Braves baseball. The Braves in the last week, well, they still haven't got a three-game streak of any kind, wins or losses. It's uh, the longest I, I know of that they've ever gone that that far without three games in a row of something. But uh, at the same time, they're uh, avoiding getting in, themselves into a lot of trouble and still trying to come up with some better momentum. But uh, they have gone four and two in the last six games, and that includes a series win at Miami. And they've, as we speak right now, they're ahead two games out of three to Philadelphia in the midst of this game four that uh, is uh, going on behind me here. After all, we're fans first. We're going to watch a game as well as we do the podcast. We're multitasking authorities here. But in the week ahead that we've got coming, uh, we got uh, Miami Marlins again, this time in Atlanta, and then a West Coast trip out to Arizona and Colorado. Last week, I was concerned that uh, Arizona and Colorado had better records than the Braves, and right now, they seem to be coming back to earth a little bit, so maybe the Braves might be coming to Phoenix and Denver at the right times, but uh, that remains to be seen next week. The Mets went 5-3 and three in their last eight games, uh, so the Braves haven't really caught up any at this point, but they are making a little bit of traction in terms of hitting and, well, I don't know about the strikeouts. The strikeouts are still there, but the hitting seems to be improving because we're seeing a lot more singles and we're seeing a lot more moving the runners over like we were hoping to see. So, Fred, what what's your observations been from last week? Well, I want to thank him for listening to the podcast and start trying to hit the ball the other way. Uh, Amen. <laughs> I mean, Ozzy doing it, 
and, and looking like he meant to do it is something that we, we don't see. I mean, Ozzy unbuttons the top button and lets it fly. And uh, last night and the night before, he he went to went to left field against that shift and, and, and made him look silly with it. Uh, Riley did it. He went to right field with it. And, of course, Dansby is just ripping the league apart. He's hitting 400 and something, and uh, they really haven't been able to get him out. He's on one of those terrors where every time Dansby comes up, you expect him to get extra base hits. So, uh, he's, he's just doing well. He had that, they had that, uh, four hit game, uh, and the pitching, oh, boy, you can't say enough about Kyle Wright, uh, and Max Freed. Those two guys have been nails. They go out there and they a losing streak in its tracks. Uh, and, uh, Charlie Morton still shaky. I'm worried a little bit about Charlie, but, uh, the, the bats seem to be coming around. The power's there. Uh, Pop Duval, uh, I call him Pop because he pops up an awful lot. Uh, he's got to get, he's got to get below that 17 degree launch angle average. He's got a 17 degree average launch angle. I want you to think about that. Average 17 degrees. Do you know how many you have to hit that are over 30 degrees to get down there? I mean, it's really hard to get us. The league average is 12. Okay. So, uh, you can hit those big balls and they'll go out, but not on an average. He's popping everything up and that's why he hits the ball hard, but doesn't go as far as we expect it to. Um, but I don't know. In the outfield tonight, uh, I think they drew straws to see who played which field. I'm worried about that because uh, Eddie's not going to be back anytime soon. And uh, Ozuna, boy, I'd really like to burn his glove. Uh, I'm not sure Willie the Kid is an answer in left field. Uh, I, I like him DHing and catching, but I'm not sure I like him in left field so much. I'd rather uh, you know see Arcia out there mostly than him. And, and why have we brought up Ke- uh, Preston Tucker uh, from from uh, Gwinnett and sent T D uh, Demerit back down because uh, Tucker is hitting down there and Demerit isn't going to hit up here. I don't know. Outfield worries me. Yeah, we got a couple of guys in in Heredia uh, and and Demerit that really are having troubles with the bat. And I know everybody loves Heredia and the the dugout and, and the clubhouse, but. I mean, he's, he's kind of a liability to be perfectly honest. Uh, his defense is there and that, that may have saved him the fact that he can come in and, and provide late inning defense or like in the case tonight, an emergency defense. Uh, but the outfield has been a quandary and it's going to still be a quandary. And I don't know that there's any good solution. If you were running a catcher out in the left field, you know things are bad. Even though he has hit himself into the lineup as William Contreras, the fact that he has to go out to left field to play is is kind of scary and has been in a couple of cases. And I, I'm not uh, real fond of that arrangement either, but uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of solutions here. Uh, I mean, I was going to talk about the outfield later or, or who might be able to play the outfield, but uh, Fred, you, you brought up a, a couple of guys already, and I don't know that uh, there's any long-term solution available here for him. No, there's not. I mean, at Gwinnett, you've got Preston Tucker, who uh, we had and we traded and we brought him back and we let him go, and uh, Tuck's a good man. He's going to he's going to be what he is, uh, uh, and he's hitting well at Gwinnett. Uh, Demerit is exactly what he was for the Tigers in 2018-2019. Once the league gets him and says, "Oh yeah, I remember him," then he his bat his bat goes away. I'm not sure Tucker's any better, but uh, they haven't seen him for a couple of years. Maybe his 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 honeymoon lasts longer. I, there is no answer really. I mean, you're not going to get a trade before before the July anyway, 
And even if you get one, uh, we do we have we don't have enough to go out and get a get Reynolds or uh, or a Mullen. So you're going to pick up somebody like a Ben Gamble or a Ben Intendi or somebody like that who's on a one year deal. Gamble's been playing really well for the Pirates. I don't know where that translates. Uh, ben Intendi hasn't got no power, but he plays his defense. His defense isn't as good as it once was. But he is a left-handed bat. He's getting on base pretty well, although that's mostly BABIP driven. So I don't know where you're going to get it if you don't get it from the inside. Uh, and uh, Eddie Rosario hasn't started any kind of baseball activity yet, and I don't know when he's going to come back with it. So uh, yeah. I do like crystal ball say anything. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you you mentioned the trade deadline and such. I have my concerns about the trade deadline. Anyhow, uh, last year Alex Anthopoulos, you know, looked like a genius, but. Truth be told, there weren't a lot of guys looking for outfield help except for the premium level guys that weren't available like Buxton or, or you mentioned Brian Reynolds. And I have a hunch that that's not going to be the case this year in, in that I, I think there's going to be more demand for outfielders, number one. And number two, there's going to be more demand for players, period, because you've added a couple more playoff teams, which is going to bring more people to the, the party and the buying side. So, I, I think it's going to be very difficult to obtain guys, and it's going to be very expensive in terms of trades to to make that happen. So uh, we may have to solve this from within to some extent, unless they, he manages to get a coup somewhere. But uh, uh, there might be guys like a Solaire that is available again if uh, the Miami team falls out of contention. I don't think they will. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Those are kind of guys that uh, you're looking looking for if there's some sort of impact. But again, I think what we're looking at here is probably short-term kinds of impact, uh, and that's what Demerit gave us. He he gave us uh, a couple of weeks of really good hitting, but now he's come back down to earth, and everybody's figured him out. So it's going to be tough. I I think they're going to have to get guys healthy, and and the outfield defense may have to just sort of suffer along. Uh, and certainly we've seen in the last couple of days with the watch of the Phillies how important outfield defense is. You know how many teams really need a center fielder? I mean, you look around the league and there's a half a dozen teams who want to, who call, think they're in contention, who would really, you know, give away a lot to get a, get a real center fielder. And there just isn't anybody out there. I saw that, uh, the Rod Dodgers have put Muncie or are going to put Muncie on the IL and they brought up Kevin Pillar to offer the taxi squad. Uh, from Oklahoma City, he was hitting like a thousand and a gazillion in Oklahoma City, uh, and you know he's one guy that I, you know, if they if they'd have released him, we might have got. But I, I, there's just nobody out there. You know, yeah. There's nobody available. You're going to see at some point towards the end of the season probably Water going to get a shot, but he's been injured so much over the last year and a half that I don't think they want to rush him up there and get him injured and then and then have him have him uh, miss out again and go back down and they want to get him going first, but it's just a mess. I don't, uh, and there's no easy way around it. Alex used all of his luck when he pulled those three rabbits out of a hat last. And, and I'm not sure there's any more magic in that hat. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, in the meantime, what we have seen is, you know, you mentioned Dansby's hitting, uh, last seven days, he's hitting 480 thanks to four hit game. The last two weeks, 362. Last month, even, uh, we didn't hardly notice early on, but he's hitting 326 for the month. Yeah, uh, he's hitting all fields, and that's what's doing him. The right field, when Dansby's 
dropping those uh, homers into the chop house seats out there and driving balls to right field. He's on fire, and let's just hope he stays there for like another six months. That's right, and in, in the last seven games or so, the Braves have been uh, gathering a lot more singles and doubles than they have homers for a change. Thirteen hits uh, last night, 14 the previous day, uh, 11, 6, 9, 9, and 10 in the last games before that. Uh, you, you're still going to have ebbs and flows there. You're still going to have strikeouts because this team is still a strikeout team. But they've also been facing some stiff pitching, and that's going to happen again when the Miami series begins, guy. Because I think Alcantara is uh, lined up to take him on again. I think they get uh, Rogers on the first game, a little bit of a coin flip, but he's been uh, good at times. And it's always tricky when you see a team almost back to back and and face the same kind of pitching. You never know exactly what you're going to get. You never know exactly whether. Uh, uh, those guys can can fool line up again, uh, so I honestly don't know what to expect in the Miami series. But uh, uh, things should start getting a little better once uh, we get to Arizona and Colorado, and then uh, the Cubs and the Pirates thereafter. But uh, and Washington, so I, I am expecting that one, this newfound tendency towards singles and moving runners over should help this team and and help them score some runs. Right now, tonight, they're down one nothing in the middle of the game, and that's, that's not doing very well. But at the same time, uh, Aaron Nola's dealing. So, again, it, it, it depends who you got out there on the mound and, and who can uh, who can get you going. And that's that's what we're, we're facing right now. The good news for us, for me, is that Olsen's swing looks like it's back. I mean, he, he hit that ball off the uh, foul pole there a couple of nights ago, and he just stroked another double into the right field corner down there, nice, easy, smooth, level swing. I want to thank them all for reading reading my post on line drives are better than lifting them up in the air. Just These guys keep reading us. They might do all right. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. We'll, we'll promote a couple more like that. Yeah. Um, let, let's look uh, a little bit further ahead here. Um, we understand that Mike Soroka is about to start uh, – I guess rehabbing in earnest is the way I would say it. He's been apparently throwing in, in Florida for the last couple of months, which, which was a little surprising. But, uh, the word we get from, uh, Dave O'Brien at the athletic is that on Sunday he's headed to Florida. Uh, I'll just quote from him directly. Within another week, he'll begin facing hitters for the first time in nearly 14 months, first in batting practice, then in inter squad games, and then finally before all that before pitching in minor league games if all goes well I'll, I'll add as well but uh this is not only surprising news but it is definitely news that uh, we've been looking forward to seeing cuz I frankly didn't expect him before July or August and that may in fact end up being the case but if he's starting this early and may I mean, that sounds like minor league games maybe by mid month or so of June and if that's the case, that means an official rehab starting, which lasts no more than roughly 30 days. So maybe by the All-Star break, he might be able to be ready for a comeback to the majors, something like that. Of course, you know, all this has to be said if there's no setbacks. And certainly when you've got somebody who hasn't pitched for a couple of years competitively, there can be setbacks. We we know about his uh, shoulder weakness. We know about the fact that uh, the Achilles has been repaired twice. 
um, things can happen. But at the same time, uh, I, I like what I'm hearing from, from Dave O'Brien here. Yeah, and, you know, we need, to, we need to temper our expectations with a little common sense here. He hasn't pitched for two years. I mean, yes. honestly. And, and so he's going to come out. And he's going to be um, he's going to be a three or four inning guy. Um, they may put him in the bullpen. They may use a piggyback start with him or somebody like that. Uh, but he's not going to come out and, and spend six innings in in July and August. He just doesn't going to be stretched out that far. No. He's going to get he's going to get like uh, maybe he's going to get a month of minor league play, maybe a little more. It depends on where the Braves are. Quite frankly. If if something happens and the Braves go south, they may not run to grab Soroka in a hurry because they they really want him for the long term, and you know, rushing him back and ruining him might not be a good idea. But I, I, if everything goes the way it, it's going, and I, and O'Brien's story seems to be very positive and upbeat on this, uh, he could be back uh, in in Atlanta at, at in mid to the end of July. And doing you know two and three innings out of the bullpen like uh, Strider was doing, uh, and you know, and maybe build up from that. I I just can't see them getting him to six innings in two months after being down for nearly uh, two years. I just can't see that happening. But I know that he's going to want to do that. The problem is going to be throwing a halter on him and keeping him from going out there and doing <laughs> something dumb again. Uh, but I'd be happy to hear him back. And then we've got Kirby Yates coming back from a rehab as well. Uh, he's going to be good for the bullpen. So you know the pitching, pitching's going to be better, I think, uh, than than we've got now, and then it's going to solidify over time. Uh, and Soroka is a big part of that. And the timing on both those guys, Yates and Soroka, is probably good because that feeds back into the trade deadline discussion. And if those guys are doing as well as we kind of hope they would be then that certainly would give Alex Anthopoulos pause in having to go in and get some more pitching of any kind, whether we're talking bullpen or, or starting rotation. If they are doing well, then maybe they they think they're okay for the rotation, and we'll have to, to see how that goes. I mean, there have been a lot of people uh, clamoring for Spencer Strider to get into the rotation. Uh, right now, the way the, the bullpen's going with uh, Matzik down and – you know, Jackson down for, for the entire year and some other guys just sort of here and there. Thornburg's been released. Uh, the, and you know, you've got some guys who've maybe not been doing as well as they had been doing originally, like Will Smith and then Kenley Jansen. So you want a, to keep a guy like Strider around in the bullpen. He can give you mul- the multiple innings. He can, uh, come in and just shut down an offense and, and that the way he's been doing that is uncanny, and he's just really getting getting comfortable out there in the major leagues. So yeah, I, I can't imagine that the Braves would move him back to the rotation, uh, given what he's been doing. He's essentially a victim of his own success, you'd say. Yeah, the, the, this happens with with. I remember I remember Chapman coming up. I'm not comparing the two strictly, but Aroldis Chapman came up and said, well, he's a starter, but we're going to put him in the bullpen, and oh my gosh, he can throw 105 miles an hour? <laughs> and that's where he lives now. He stayed there so long, he quit. They tried to make him a starter once or twice, and it didn't work, and he ended up back in the pen. And I think that would be a horrible waste of Spencer Strider, uh, and I'm, a, you know, I would, I, but once you get into that mold, once you become the next Kimbrel, the next Rivera, uh, you know, the next guy, 
uh, it's hard to get that out of their mind. Now, Strider's a multiple inning guy, and that goes in his favor, and he was a starter. They want, they signed him as a starter, and, and I think that's still the plan. Uh, that's why they're keeping him in multiple innings, but the bullpen's been too unpredictable this year. I mean, on paper, starting the year, if we were ahead after five innings, the game was over. But McHugh's not been good uh, off and on. Uh, Will Smith has been the Will Smith on the first half of last year. Uh, Kenley Jansen's blown two saves and, and, and a blown hold. Uh, the uh, mentor's been good, and then he had, has a weary day, and he comes back, and he's pretty good. He's pretty stable. Um, Darren O'Day is um, Darren O'Day's uh, should be retired. He's just not very good. Uh, they they brought him in there throwing that 80 mile an hour fastball and a side armor against a right handed batter needs to come from behind the batter and put the fear of Jesus in him. And he was throwing that 80 mile meatball and and it showed when they they hit it about three miles. So I don't know why he's still there in Thornburg's guard. Thornburg was pitching better than O'Day. But um, I guess you keep the veteran and, and, and let the other guy go. I think the bullpen is too much in flux to let Strider walk away from it right now. What do you think about this new rule that uh, Major League Baseball has just uh, gotten an agreement to the to extend the limit on pitchers to 14 all the way into June 20th? Is that going to impact things at all? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that we'll be able to tell the difference. I think they have. <laughs> there's so there's so many injuries going on uh, in the game right now, and I just don't know that uh, it's going to make a big difference to us in particular. You're going to see teams that have problems like that. I know that I know the Dodgers just brought Pedro Baez back. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why exactly, but but they they just brought him back on a contract, and uh, they've got Shane Green out there, or they had him, they released him. Uh, people are looking for pitchers they can throw out there, and right now uh, there's just not many to go around. I mean, it's going to give people jobs for a while, but I don't think it's going to affect the Braves so much because. Yeah, we're we're already trying to use everybody that's alive in the bullpen now. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to make any difference. I think I think the Braves, the teams are making a mistake by going short of uh, bench players because when you get in a situation like tonight where you got two guys that are day to day, and you're using your catchers the DH, your backup catchers the DH, uh, you run the risk of uh, having to use a pitcher to bat. We just have to think hard about where where the roster is now, and and not live so much for today. Uh, this could this could blow up on any at any minute. Right, and that's where I was going with it. Is uh, especially with all the uncertainty in the outfield right now, the the Braves really can't afford to use the extra pitcher because they got to have an extra bench player just in case of something, and that that's going to be. Uh, I, I don't know that it hamstrings them a little bit exactly, but it. Uh, does make for some interesting roster uh, machinations, I guess. You know, right now, if you go 14 pitchers, that limits you to just 12 bench players. You were still at the 26-player 
roster limit. Nobody added any extra bodies there. But uh, uh, right now, I guess across baseball, it's a, a matter of pitching injuries more than anything else, and that's that's not where the Braves are. Happily, is yes, they've got a couple of pitching injuries, but uh, they they've been able to overcome that, and so far the rest of them are just. You know, performance issues uh, that we're more concerned about than injury issues. Uh, you know, it, w- the pitchers of the Braves' problem is that, well, we need a fifth starter. We don't have one of those. But if if we can get Charlie Morton back in the groove, uh, groove even to what he was uh, for those two games earlier in the year when he was really pretty good, uh, we'll be fine in the starting rotation. Uh, I, you know... The fifth starter is a problem, and I'm not an elder, apparently, isn't it? And I'm not, and you know, so they're going to cycle pitchers through that and hope that you know uh, Tuck Tuck can hang on, and if he doesn't, maybe we'll get uh, the bulldozer back and again, and and we're just going to cycle through pitchers because there's not going to be anything available at the deadline for them either. So I think we've got what we've got, and we got to make it work. Yeah, at least we're not running into that five options problem because. <laughs> uh, uh... They really haven't been cycling the pitchers through so far, but I do expect that to probably change as we get into the summer. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But another curious in uh, news item you found today about technology and the Braves, and I thought that was worth mentioning and sharing because that's an interesting little survey that you found. Yeah, it was interesting. Now, it's a little bitty blurb on MLB.com that says Atlanta Braves have been named the most innovative MLB team and one of the most innovative sports franchises in the world. Uh, there's a group out there called Sports Innovations Labs, uh, a sports research uh, development firm. They um, they lit, went and went to all these professional sports teams in the world looking for uh, revenue diversification, uh, like tickets and concessions and and broadcast rights and things like that, technology they used, uh, organizational agility, the ability to react uh, on at the spur of the moment to changes. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, the Braves came in seventh in the world. The Five of the teams in front of them are uh, professional football team, FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, Arsenal, Manchester City, Manchester United, uh, and then the one one American team ahead of them is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the first uh, the first baseball team behind the Braves is uh, Boston at number 13. Uh, and then you drop we we well boy <laughs> actually you drop oh the Washington Nationals are at number 24 on the list of 25. So mm. that's that's where you're at uh, with this. And you know I think. We were talking before the pod. I think this has got to do with uh, the way the Braves created the battery around Truist Park, uh, not just to be a not just to be a place for people to come, but to create a revenue stream uh, that supplements uh, a, mid, a middle market team like the Braves uh, to add players, uh, gives them income to add players to, to to offset expenses that they would not normally have, and helps them keep up with the big boys in terms of, of payroll. Uh, and I, I I know that Colorado had a, 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 a system uh, before this, and I was, I've was i been from St. Louis, or I've been from Illinois, I've been to St. Louis, and they always had that little downtown area near the park that they've expanded and, and turned it around into New Bush uh, and made it better. But the Braves built there from scratch, 
And if you look around, this is the plan for the Oakland uh, ballpark, if it ever gets built, which I'm not sure. Um, and they're, they're, all the new ballparks that are under construction or under planning are built around this this model that they used that uh, Liberty Media helped uh, develop for the Braves in Atlanta. And uh, it's it's a uh, it's a game changer for for income streams for the Braves. Uh, I'm now not sure that it's that much more technology in the Braves than anybody else, but the income stream from, from the battery is was uniquely planned for Atlanta, and I think that's probably the primary driver behind this. Yeah, and when you got a new, brand new stadium, still uh, the newest one in the majors at this point. You really have the opportunity, since they did this from scratch, to do a lot of extra things and a lot of things that uh, others aren't doing. The the failure I see is not with the Braves, but it's the fact that Major League Baseball sounds like it just hasn't caught up or catch been catching up with the rest of the world in terms of technology. A lot of old-fashioned kinds of things. Yeah, the the ballparks are really cool, but it doesn't mean that they've done enough with the, the the technological innovations that it could do. A lot of things that, that have been happening we know of uh, coming from uh, places like Driveline where you get the Rapsodo systems and, and, and all that to help the innovation with the pitching changes we've been seeing in the last several years. That's that's essentially universal. I don't know if they took any of that into consideration in the survey. I think baseball is has been doing more uh, in in those kinds of terms. You've got uh, the the move toward trying to get the automatic balls and strike thing. You've got all the data that's being collected for baseball savant and and the advanced stats. And you've got uh, whole departments of most teams that are devoted to analytics. I, I got to think that uh, some things like that should have been considered in the survey. I don't know if, if they were, but uh, certainly um, what we'd like to see is a, a translation or a transfer of, of technology between getting the technology and, and seeing results on the field. And, and if you want to say, hey, the Braves got a World Series title last year, and maybe that was uh, directly related to it, that's entirely possible. And I, I'm glad to, to tout that if, if that's the case. But uh, I, I frankly would like to see the, the sport as a whole higher, higher ranked on this list as opposed to these other kinds of football, uh, I'll say the European football, <laughs> taking the lead on that. So uh, it's still an interesting survey. It's an interesting little note. And the fact that, the, that our Atlanta Braves are high on that list is uh, good to see. There's yeah. a video on YouTube of it. Uh, top 25 most innovative teams in the world, 2022. Uh, there, it's, it's a YouTube video that goes into more detail on that. I haven't had a chance to dig into it too much because I just found this uh, a little while ago, but it's, it, it should provide more detail on it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Well, I just wondered. I, I, I do the uh, MLBTR uh premium thing insider and if you're not a member of that uh, you should be they were they do an inside talk and they do some newsletters and today what looks like a uh, copy of all of a chat they have between themselves about how to formulate who's going to be the top 10 free agents at the end of the year and how to rank them and you can see the chat the chat literally goes back and forth between tim dirks and and brian and, and all the, the various guys who write for them regularly and they were talking about all this. And one of the things I found out that was, was really interesting to me 
uh, and I, I did a double take, but was that when they, the question was whether Dansby Swanson should be on the list or not, or whether he was going to come in at like 12, 10 or 12 or 14 on the list. In the end, I don't think he's on the list, but, but the, when they talked about his contract, um, they said the comp, the most reasonable comp for him was Javier Baez. And I, I did a double take and I went back to read that to make sure it wasn't hallucinating. But the, the, <laughs> but the truth is that, that these two guys, um, although they, they do it differently, they're both less than 100 WRC plus players every year. Uh, Baez is a human highlight reel who strikes out enough to uh, air condition Detroit. And, uh, Dansby will strike out as well and he's not but he's, he, he also walks, which is something Baez only has a passing acquaintance with. So uh, when you start looking at the players and just diverse them for what you know about the players and look at what they look like on paper, uh, the, the comp is probably Baez, uh, and you know Dansby's probably going to get something like 4 at 64 or something like that, 4 at 64, maybe maybe 5 at 75, because of, he's coming up. He's the youngest of the guys coming up uh, on the system. But I just thought it was interesting and something to mull over uh, that, uh, you know, the comp for Dansby Hans Swanson is Javier Baez. I just, I, I I read that three times, and I'm still not sure I believe it. <laughs> well, you know, we talked about this earlier, too, and the Baez effectively robbed Detroit. And, yeah, he's making 22 this year, and next two seasons it's, he's set up for 25 if he doesn't opt out. And, by the way, if he does opt out, he's an idiot. Yeah, the the two years after that, $24 million. So he's still owed over $100 million from Detroit for the next four seasons after this one. I can't see uh, Dansby getting anything close to that. I think you're you're probably right. Sixteen a year, maybe fifteen a year, depending on the number of years and such. Uh, but at the same time, Dansby's uh, going to be turning twenty nine next year, and I don't know if. I mean, it, it's hard to give a shortstop a five year contract or or anything like that when the guy's already turned twenty nine. I I don't know what the Braves' druthers are there. I don't know where they're going to go to to fill the position if they decide to move away from Swanson. And so far, we haven't heard squat out of the front office as to whether they want to try and hang on to him or not. Obviously, they haven't tried to extend him uh, at at this point. And as far as I I haven't even heard that he had his arbitration case yet. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't heard that either. I that that's they, the one that's still out there. Uh, yeah, they did Riley's, but I I know I hadn't heard anything about Swanson, so I I don't know if that's going to factor into things or not. But uh, I would like to see I, if I think it tells you what they think. Here. I think it tells you what they think about him, though. I mean, well, yeah. because your final your final arbitration year, uh, your final arbitration year doesn't really do any doesn't even doesn't really set a platform. It's not a platform year for your next contract. Because it, 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 it's not an arbitra- arbitration contract. You're out there and you're, you're, you're talking with teams about this. And, you know, when you, when you look at this, Dansby's been a war player, a couple of win player for, for most of his career. He's been up and down, had, to, had one real bad year. But mostly he's a one and a half, two win player. And uh, he's going to get paid like that, uh, regardless of what this year's contract is like. The fact that they, they didn't go the extra extra million or whatever it was on him. Uh, I think tells you that, how they view that. Now, who are they going to replace him with? If he walks, 
I'm I'm not sure, um, but uh, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. We we will know a lot more about this come January next year when it's all over. Because until then, we're not going to hear anything about the Braves that tells us any kind of gives us any kind of clue, no matter what John Hyman or any of them guys say. Uh, but it's just an interesting kind of uh, an interesting kind of subject. Yeah, uh, and I I still sort of squint at the idea of uh, Javier Baez being the comp. I understand that on the offensive side, but defensively they're really two different kinds of players. You're right. Uh, Baez is a highlight reel kind of guy, but he'll also make a bunch of errors trying to do something spectacular sometimes. Dansby will be a lot more under control, but he's also the quarterback in the infield. He knows where to be where and when he needs to be there. He knows where to position people. He knows where to tell them to tell people to throw the ball. Uh, he, he is the smartest guy out there, and I, I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for that, nor do I think you can find anybody out, out there in the free agent market next year that is going to share that kind of uh, ability to control the situation on defense. And I yeah. do think that that's worth something. His baseball IQ is, is, is far higher than Baez's. You know, and uh, I remember it was maybe, oh, gosh, I'm going back a long time ago now. But I remember. Uh, By the way, Pop Pop's just popped out to center. Ah, yes, popped him all, popping out to center. <laughs> uh, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I want a, a major league, maybe it was Joe Torrey, that said, look, I understand that there's flashy shortstops out there, but I want a shortstop that makes every play that he's supposed to make. And if he makes plays that he's not supposed to make, that's a plus. But I want him to make every play he's supposed to make. And for the most part, Dansby does that, and Baez doesn't. And and so I think that that's the difference. That and his baseball IQ helps him do that. I heard him talking the other night that uh, Dansby goes out to the mound when the pitcher's in trouble and says, look, just get him a hit, hit a ground ball to me. I got this. Okay? Yeah. That, kind, that kind of heads up in the infield uh, is is – is a game winner if it takes the load off the pitcher, if, if it gives the, if it settles the pitcher down, the infield down, it just gives him a breather. That is 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 golden, and I think that you know I think the Braves will try to bring him back. Uh, I expect him to come back, um, but I don't I don't think uh, he's going to be uh, much more than four at sixty four or five at seventy five. Given what the Braves have been doing lately and trying to hold salaries down, it'll, it'll be interesting. It, it, I'm still reminded of your comment that from Chipper that uh, you got to take a little less to, to stay in Atlanta, and if he wants to stay there, he's going to have to do that. So, four at sixty-four. Yeah, well, it's a possibility, and it might take four at sixty or something like that. But uh, we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But. That's probably a discussion for another time. And at this point, um, I think it's time to throw that tarp over the front porch and uh, get off our rockers, and uh, we'll table this discussion for another week here. So please do us the favor. Check out our writing at uh, TomahawkTate.com, where we do strive to provide our thoughts on the Atlanta Braves on a daily basis. For now, though, this is Off Leo's Rocker. Fred and I thank you very much for hearing us out, and we'll see you next time. This has been another episode of Off Leo's Rocker, a podcast presentation from TomHawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants as Minute Media is, hopefully so much more these days, most likely unaware of anything we're doing. All rights reserved. 
One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Break Time, which was modified to fit the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomahawkTake.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and hopefully you can overlook our obvious flaws, like not even having a clue that the Braves would call up Michael Harris today to fix their outfield problems. We'll see you next time, though. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.